Hi, and welcome to my podcast in conversation with Nikki Aiken, where I look at different issues and speak to people from all over the cities of London and Westminster. And this is one of my series of talking to two cities heroes, people who have made a huge difference to their communities, whether it's in the city of London or the city of Westminster. And today I'm delighted to be joined by John Fletcher, who is a City of London councilman, common councillor, I think is the right term. Common councillor, yes. And for Port Soken Ward, which is one of the very few wards, I think, John, which are basically residence-based. Correct. There are there are four efficient residential wards. They, um, the primary ones are in the west of the city with the Barbican and Golden Lane, and we're kind of our own little island here in the east of the city, tucked onto Tower Hamlets, and we're residential too. Two and social houses. And we're outside... A beautiful church, St. Botoffs. Yes. St. Botoffs. St. Botoffs without. It's a very famous church, and it goes back. It's, I think, on the, the, the stained glass windows. Each time a Port Soken alderman is Lord Mayor, he puts in the stained glass windows. Yeah. And believe it or not, Port Soken has had more Lord Mayors than any other ward, which we're very proud of. But we're also proud because this church um, was um, developing and, and had equality at its core foundation almost 200 years ago and a lot of the um, servants they weren't slaves they were servants of, of, of the richer families um, who were ethnically not, not English came to this church to be baptized okay and that's on record so um, this has been a multi-ethnic community for hundreds of years and it certainly still is it certainly still is so John how long have you been a common councillor for in the city? Um, now it's coming up for 12 years. You've just been re-elected? Just been re-elected and we, the city of London has to do things differently. Everybody else has their local government elections in May and we have ours in March. So John, tell me in those 12 years, how, how what have you done? What, what are you most proud of in your achievements as a common councillor? Well, one of the things, the camera is almost looking at it, behind me is the Old Gate Square. Yeah. That used to be part of a gyratory system a 60s gyratory system which was appalling. The school which is also um, in the Old background there, the Oldgate Primary School, was had the most polluted air of any primary school in the entire um, London conurbation. Um, after a lot of hard work, work with TfL, work with local government and we've now changed it, it's now a square. The um, routes have been changed, they are much better. Um, TfL funded it, mostly or a lot of it, because they could save 20 seconds on every bus journey. 20 seconds. 20 seconds, but you multiply 20 seconds by the number of bus journeys because this is a real bus hub and you can see that the savings mount up and the, this is one of the greatest achievements certainly in the last 12 years that we've been able to do here as far as infrastructure is concerned. Brilliant, congratulations and made a huge difference for the children as well. Oh, and in the summer, I mean, well, sunny, we summer now, on a really sunny day, the office workers will come out and you'd find less space on that square than you would on Brighton Beach on a bank holiday. I'm sure. It's absolutely packed. So how, what, tell me about your journey. How did you get <laughs> to Port Soken, living here in the, on the Guinness estate, oh, and, uh, and how did you become a common councillor? Right. Um, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> um, I, um, I was born in London, in Edgware, but I was brought up for my, my, my early years until the age of 12 in Buenos Aires in Argentina, when my father was working for a British company. Um, I then came back at 16 
I'd had enough of education, went off and joined the army. Um, and I did um, 17 years service regular and what was then territorial army service. Um, uh, really finishing that phase of my life in my early 30s. Is that what your badge is? Yes, I'm a veteran, very proud of it. Um, after that, I um, worked as a service manager for a, a company that put in time and attendance and, and security systems. Um, and uh, got married, had a daughter. Um, and I've now got three grandsons with another on the way. Um, uh, like so many people, the first marriage didn't run the distance. But latterly, about 20 years ago, I met my now wife, who um, uh, we got along extremely well. So I left my daughter, who was then of age, and came and lived with her in, in, in here in Port Soken. Um, having come to live here, I decided this is where I wanted to make my life, life. Met a few people, joined the RA, was able to write on behalf of the RA to your predecessor, Mark Field, mm -hmm. for help with, um, I think it was decent homes, getting us, yeah. getting us decent kitchens. Mark um, wrote to the um, chair of Guinness Trust, who are our landlords, and lo and behold, it was done. Brilliant. The residents were very grateful. I became resident liaison officer with the contractors, and shortly after that, one of the councilmen resigned, and after about the 10th person asked me, would I stand for council? I said yes, and the rest is history. Excellent. And so, and what are the big issues around Port Soken as a ward? Landlords. Landlords. It's, um, we've, as you said, Nicky, we just had an election and knocking, knocking on the doors. The big issues are maintenance. If something goes wrong and people need a plumber, they want their landlords, be they Guinness or the City of London, they want them to send a plumber, not a carpenter, not a uh, locksmith. Um, and they want that person to come and do the repair, not to come look at whatever it is, get a bit of tooth sucking, and then come back another day, because that's two days that person now yeah, had to take exactly. off work. And so it goes on, and get the repair done. So timely repairs, non-missed appointments, that sort of thing. And the other one is the general maintenance of the buildings. Both of the housing estates here now are 30, 40 years old, and they feel it. To be fair, the city has put in a lot of investment, and it's getting there. Um, Guinness are about to start to do the same. After a lot of pressure, I have to say, from myself and all my fellow councillors. Um, but again, the implementation isn't always very clever. Mm. And I'll give you just one example which annoys people. Um, and it's sounds silly, but what I'd say to anybody listening, if this happened in your home or outside your home, you'd be aggravated as well. They decide that they've got to put up new fire signs because the old ones are no longer valid. And the new signs are slightly smaller. So they take the old sign down, they put the new sign up on the wall, but they don't fill in the two holes or paint around it. Yeah. And it said this place starts to look yeah. tatty, and it's your home. And it just becomes incremental. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you go from a very nice estate yeah. to something where people really it, it, are not proud to it's, live. It's what I call the zero tolerance and the broken, broken windows uh, strategy. You've got to look at the fabric of buildings and give people the, you know, the, the feeling of ownership and pride in their homes, whether it's a social housing or whether it's their own housing? Pride is the exact word I would have used myself. And there's now, following the election, I now know as far as um, conversations between the councilmen who got elected from the residential estates, because it's not just an issue here, it's an issue across the board. And there's going to be conversations with us and, and there'll be a new administration in the city, new chair of PR. 
And these are conversations we're going to have. And one of the words I was personally going to use is, it's not just us that want to feel pride in where we live. Our landlords need to feel yes. proud. And they need to be able to say, come to anybody, come and have a look at our estate. Yeah. Look how proud we are, yeah. look what we've done. And we've got to instill that pride in the city and in Guinness and get the landlords to have pride as well. Well, I will be more than happy to support you on that because I think Thank you're you. absolutely right. So, John, tell me about what it's like to live in the city of London because most people think of the city as financial services, lawyers, we've got the Bank of England, we've got the skyscrapers. People don't actually often realise that people actually live in the city. We've got the Barbican, obviously, the, there and Golden Lanes. But tell me about what it's like to live in the city. Well, I think at the last count, at the last sentence, census, there were about 9,000 residents in the city, between 9,000 and 10,000 residents. And as you say, they're primarily on the three main, well, the four main estates, all the three main ones, Barbican, Golden Lane, and here in Ports Open. Um, most people absolutely love it. There are huge advantages if you work in London. I've already touched on the bus routes. The, the public transport hubs, if you live in the city, are phenomenal. You can get anywhere very quickly um, and, and greenly. You don't need a car. You really do not need a car uh, unless you need it for your business if you live here. But also, there's a great sense of community. Um, and certainly, uh, here in Port Southern, we kind of like consider ourselves to be the East Enders. We, yeah. we, a, a little bit of cockney in this. Even though we're incredibly diverse, um, uh, and there are three main cohort, cohorts. And there's a Bangladeshi cohort, there's a Latino cohort, and then we'll say there's the rest, who are, who are primarily white, British, but not exclusively, a lot of Eastern Europeans as well. Um, but we work hard at social cohesion. Um, every year, uh, unfortunately stopped by the pandemic, but uh, every year recently I've organised coach trips to the seaside, for instance. We have a coach trip to Boulogne for the older people. Um, we do fun days on the square behind you. We're just about to organise a, a jubilee party. Excellent. Um, which we're going to call, uh, let's see if I get this right, a Balako party. Okay. Bangladesh Latino Cockney party. Brilliant. Well, I hope I'm going to get an invitation. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. And we'll have music from the three main cohorts and food, and we'll just have a, a good knees up. So if you work at it, you can build the community spirit, and it's a great place to live. And do you think that there, there certainly is in Port Soak and, and, and across the city and on the estates, and do people know their neighbours and do they work together as communities? I think there's probably a difference between the Barbican and the social housing estates. Um, and I can't really speak for the Barbican because I don't know it very well. I do know people who live there and, and I think they tend to be a little bit more insular for a very good reason. But certainly on the social housing estates, it's good morning, good afternoon, good evening, people know each other. Um, and yeah, there's a great community spirit, it really is. Having been a Barbican, resident in the past um, they, they, I, I think there's certainly a community spirit yeah. there and, and have known the, the resident association but it's brilliant to hear that Port Soken is alive with oh, yeah. community spirit and John I want to thank you for all your outstanding community service as a, as a common councillor obviously now as a deputy alderman and uh, <laughs> congratulations on that thank promotion you. and um, you know thank you for everything you do for the people of Port Soken and the people of the city of London, you are a true Two Cities hero. Well, thank you, and so are you. <laughs> thank you for what you do for us as well. It is appreciated, Nikki.